Hi, this is Russ Teitelman, and you're listening to Fab Four Free For All. And welcome to another edition of the Fab Four Free For All, a uh, all-talk Beatles radio show on the interweb. And um, what is an interweb? I don't know, but it's just it's, it's a just nickname a, that came up one day. Someone said inter the internet and the inter, web, inter, worldwide web, 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 and yeah. they went interweb. Yeah, right. it's fun. But uh, that's no. where we are. That's where you can find us. You can also find us on some very very classy FM stations. Yes, uh, at least one, and, <laughs> yeah. and in some classy classy bars, and in some classy classy bars, getting classically classically. Wasted. Anyway. And having classic guests. And having classic guests, right. Classical guests, you mean. Class, well. Anyway. I'm cosmically conscious. Nice. Oh. Go Rob. Well, that has yes, nothing to do with Rob. the topic at hand Not today. At all. Today's episode that we're uh, <coughs> recording here is a follow-up to the uh, last episode that we recorded. We are talking about two 45s that came out in a row during the uh, Beatles' career that did not Feature Paul McCartney uh, or Paul McCartney con- uh, Paul McCartney composition or lead vocal on either side. And uh, in the last episode, we talked about the first of those two, which was the ballad of John and Yoko, which was a John song, obviously. And wouldn't it be funny if Paul had written the ballad of John and Yoko? Anyway, <laughs> taking my pony Here, away from me. Right. Here they come again, and they're annoying. <laughs> Sleeping in a bed with no shoes. Yeah. No, we no. think John smells like shit. No, no it's a, too He's many. He's going Too many people. <laughs> oh. Wow. Right. He did write it. Just took him a couple of years. Wow. Right. Exactly. That, that was his That's ballad. Right. Exactly. That was his ballad of John and Yoko. Wow. That was good, Rob. Anyway, <laughs> so you. I um, planned that. And you. George had his ballad of John Yoko with Sumi Suyu. With Sumi Suyu. And right. Ringo was just too nice R- to have a bad one. He did early 1970. Wow, there, you just gave me like a string of songs to play in, in my show next next there week. There you go. But we're looking now at the, uh, the single that would follow Ballad of John and Yoko and Old Brown Shoe. This time around, reversing George getting the A side, supposedly on the uh, reference of John Lennon himself saying that this is what needed to happen. And we're talking about something back with Come Together. I want to just bring up a point. You know, Paul didn't write these four songs that we've talked about, but he does incredible backing vocals or harmony vocals. And great music. With these songs. You know, so even though he didn't write them, he's giving a great harmony. Well, he's or, still on them. Sure, well, well, I know that, but... Well, but he's not only on them, but Rob's right. His presence is you know, he, well, really strong. But it's still the Beatles. Yeah, but he, it's still, he's, you know, especially something. Something, you know, there's but, something about what Paul contributed to that song. Yes, but... Which it, is it's, fantastic. It's a good point, but it's not like John leaving for most of Abbey Road and a lot of the stuff that the Beatles did. The three Beatles. Right. It's not like that at all. It's not like John said, let's do something and come together. And Paul, uh, you, you know, wait over there. For, right. And no, Paul right. said, well, if you guys are going to work together and, and these are going to be the singles, I'm out. You know, he was, Paul, Paul was still the, the company man, you know? Well, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Well, more yeah. more so than any of them. One could argue. Thank we God. Can, you know, because the oh, Beatles yeah. could have sat a year out or even five months. Or well, they could have ended after and, Magical Mystery Tour. Right. You know, they could have said goodbye. And we could we can talk a little bit about this, certainly, but Mitch, in the past, you have talked sort of off mic, I guess, about the idea that, that in some respects, perhaps Paul's presence is too strongly felt. We don't know yet. Okay. Let's get into it. I, I, right. I agree, and George may have agreed as well. Right. But 
You know, we're talking about obviously Paul Paul's busy bass playing on something, but right. But you know, the part of the charm of something is really the melodic bass. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great song. It's, yes. Yeah. But the melodic quote busy bass uh, that, that George maybe didn't like too much. He didn't really say he didn't like it. He just said Paul was busy on it. But he didn't say he didn't like it because, you know what, that really is definitely part of the overall charm of the song. The song is great. George plays on it great. But so does Paul. There's some of my favorite bass playing of Paul's Correct. as a Beatle. And I think it fits Starting the song Starting with Revolver on, he really went nuts, you know, buck nutty on the bass, melodic bass, almost like a lead guitar. Absolutely. And, and you know what? It was called for in something. I mean, if you had a regular bass, it still would have been a good song. But think about that bass. While George is playing the solo on it, and we're going way ahead of ourselves, but but while George is playing that solo, right. that bass is in the background feeding that solo. Yes. It yeah, really no, yes. is. So it's, it, it, and, and you can't think of that song. You know, most people will lip sync a song or, or even lip sync the music to it. People can, I think, note for note, lip sync that bass part. You know, not note for note, but you could sit there and like sing that bass part. Yeah, easily I, I, because it's very melodic. It is. I agree. Now I'm going to toss something out there, but you were saying to a good point that Paul's presence obviously is felt very strongly. Interestingly enough, if you think about this single, except for "She Loves You," going way back when, this is the first time that on an A side, and really in a way on the B side, Ringo kicks it off. Ringo is is very 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 prominent in both songs in the intro of these tunes. Never thought of Ringo about that. is the element. Well, he's the element in both. In both, that's a good point. Uh, you know, never thought about that. That's a very good point, actually, because Ringo's drumming on "Come Together." You know, it, it sounds simple. Oh, it's not. It's yeah, not. It's, it's not. not. And then on something, it it also has that. Well, it's double track. He did yes. some overdubbing yep. in the middle part. Right. In the middle but part. Sti- but, but it's still opening hard. It's still, is Well, the opening is what makes gorgeous. the song. Imagine if it just went... Dar, dar, dar. Yeah. No, you need that drumming, and it's a beautiful that, drum. Oh, yeah. It's that opening well. flourish pulls you right into the song. Yeah, it's definitely. just magnificent. Almost you like know. it don't come easy, because that you know that opening cymbal, cymbal pulls flush. you right in. It's almost like whoosh, right oh, in. Yeah. And that... Yeah. Duh, 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 it makes the song. And also on Come Together, that... Dum, 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 dum. Yeah, and when, have, yeah, when they played, easy. when they paid tribute to Ringo at the Hall of Fame right. induction, and they showed Come Together is the, it was the song of choice yeah. of everybody doing that, yeah. that fill, that run. And yeah, doing the, the break in, uh, in the end also, obviously. But Come Together was the one that a few people picked and said, you know, wow, look at... Man, listen to this, you know. No, that's a good point. So again, one story, here it is, isn't it kind of funny? It's the Paul Free single. And yet, like you said, Paul's presence is felt, John and George, the composers, and Ringo with this very prominent part. So in a way, this is a Beatles single more so than many before it, in a sense. It's one of the most unified like group efforts and well, this is at the time, though, they were recording Abbey Road. Right. right. So they did decide to, you know, get back, no pun intended, to where they were. Yeah. And to where they once belong again, I'm quoting that. But, but they, they made a concerted effort to do that. Yeah. So as long as they were doing that, that's why this shows to be such unified songs. Yeah, and I think also part of it has to do with the fact, you know, George Martin, when they asked him to come back, he said, well, can I produce? Yes. And I think 
the regathering of the Beatles six months after the Get Back session or whatever the recording session was, five months. I think that's part of it too. You know, you want to impress daddy. You know, they want to impress the teacher, so to speak. Even though yeah. he wasn't that much older than them, if you think about right. it. But, but I, I think that's part of it. You know, it's this this regathering of the Beatles, which unfortunately didn't last too long. We talk about this often, but there could have been moments. Yeah, I still there's a, there's a George Harrison interview from right about the time of I think that's all things must pass, and he talks about well, you know, we could still record together. Doesn't mean it has to be the Beatles. Yeah, John mentions yeah. it a number of yeah. times so, as well around that time period. Too. So it's it's sure. that mentality of still being musicians who were friends with each other and playing with each other was still sort of there until lawsuits started to happen. But to my point before, I I actually have to contradict myself a little bit because uh, the whole unified thing come together was one of John's. I'm not going to say only contributions to. The Abbey Road, but it, he, he wasn't on a lot of Abbey Road. Well, it's also the uh, one of the last songs he wrote that right. was meant for the Beatles. Right. You know, the the medley stuff was done before that, and I Want You, She's So Heavy was done before they even really started the the sessions for Abbey Road. So they sort of knew that was going to be on an album, I guess. So I guess, uh, you know, that would be part of it. But you're right. Come Together is one of his last songs that he wrote specifically for the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to ask this and we're going to you know we're looking at the single holistically. So uh, we're going to look at each song but jumping from something to come together. John talks about that come together originally the idea was he was trying to write a slogan for Timothy Leary. Right. For presidential his presidential campaign. campaign which you know to me yes well, smoke, smoke another one fellas. Yeah, um well, you know the, the, the reality of right yeah <laughs> the, the reality of Timothy Leary becoming the president is uh, is pretty freaking funny for yeah, those but then of you again, who don't know who time, Timothy Leary was Timothy Leary was the the serious advocate of the use of LSD and and he was uh, kind of looked at as a you know something of a of a, like almost a prophet in a bizarre way but at that, he, time, at that, at that time. time now he's kind of looked at as a knucklehead yeah, but, but, but but wait a minute you said something really weird. You said, not weird, but funny, haha, because you said it, the chance of Timothy Leary becoming president. He was running against who? <laughs> um, Ronald Reagan. Ronald, oh, Reagan, well, that, right, a, right, right. It was a governorship. Was governorship. Right, right. I'm sorry. Right, I'm sorry. so you're talking about- oh, yeah, what did I say, president? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it was governor, I'm sorry. Right. Wow, but, governor but of California against he Ronald had his, Reagan's- Well, not even that. Right. Ronald Reagan, who was an actor. So what's the difference? He had as much chance of becoming a governor as Timothy Leary did the governor. Well, Ronald, Ronald Reagan the, was an incumbent, though, at that point. Uh, yes, I know, but, so, yeah. but a couple, only a few years earlier, we, we could have been saying that about Reagan. Yeah, good point. So- you know, Good at that point. time, anybody could have gotten anything. Who knows? Enough people and would have voted for Leary, and Lord knows it would have been right. weird. Well, California's weird anyway. And we all know at that time that Tiny Tim was running for president, so we couldn't have and Tim. Pat Paulson, and Pat Paulson. And Pat Paulson. And Miss Vicky was. Right, and Tiny Tim for president, Tiny Tim for queen. Anyway, <laughs> um, all right. But anyway, uh, but what, what's what's even more interesting is that, that supposedly John sent Timothy Leary a demo of possible song slogans and ideas. Now, where the hell's that tape? That's one that they we want. They probably smoked it. <laughs> You're probably <laughs> if, right. You know actually. what? You know where it might actually be if Timothy Leary had papers. We know he wrote a book. He, yeah, right. If, and he did if, smoke it. He rolled. If, if, if he had papers, it might be in that. That's a good thing to look up. Actually, 
If, yeah, if, what happened to that tape? Yeah, we don't know. Not, there are any anyway, Timothy Leary archives? Who knows? But what, anyway, where I was going with that, this whole There's a Shelley question, Berman this whole, archives. This whole <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. I don't either. Where I was going with that whole, this whole idea, this whole line of questioning is, why come together? Because the reason why I'm saying that is- that, What do you mean, why come together well, for why? Here, the, the reason why I'm saying this, one thing that's unique about something and come together is it was not an advance- it was a single that was pulled from an already released album. Very unique in, in the Beatles' Not history. many times it happened. Right. So, of all things, why come together? John referred to it as gobbledygook. Yep. Even at the time, essentially. So, if you're looking at this idea that you've got... And, and again, I'm thinking of something that Rob said in the last episode about Paul... Maybe for the sake of keeping harmony and keeping unity among the Beatles, Paul almost stepping back and saying, okay, hey, you guys want these to be singles. Why the hell was Come Together pulled as even if you wanted to say John promoted something as the A. Right. Why Come Together as the B? Why not You Never Give Me Your Money? Oh, no, no, no. no. That, no it's no, a the rocker. Song, the other song would have been Oh, Darling. That would have been, I think, mm, if you're okay. going to pick I'll give you that. Others, that could have been the second single. Well, if there was a second single, but you can't have anything in the medley. It's a it's a rocker. The, the medley is, is too- well, You never give me your money is not in the well, medley. It's sort, oh, of, it's sort of the it's opening a, part. You know, you, goes in the Sun King. Plus, it's and, too- it, For 1969, for the Beatles, you don't want to be- The repos- out-of-college money spent is a rocking yeah, until, segment until, of that show. Until you get to it. Yeah. Yeah, but no, Once no, but what, I, mean, I think I mean, it's, you no, you're doing golden slumbers. Yeah, yeah. But you're still, you never give, it's, it's still very slow, until, but right away you get grabbed by, you know, the chum, chum, dun, dun, dun. That, for that FM period, I could, that's definitely what, so it you're was saying, a rocker. you're saying, right, so you're saying it was in a way it was catering to the FM. I was, I was bringing yes, it up, not but also, just, you know, also, rhetorically, I was bringing it up to I say. Also, go through every track, like, what other song are you going to do? You're right. I mean, here comes I think, the sun. I think Rob actually by saying, "Oh, darling, here comes the sun." Would have been a good beautiful actually, single. Here comes the sun. Oh, darling, would have been the second single. Probably that would have been. You know what? And for that, also for that, not the FM crowd, but for the hippie crowd in 1969, right. here comes the sun is a perfect. Or, and, and you or, need a Bryant would have used it for a flower. Unless, oranges, unless I mean, they really want to get generous and say, Ringo. You're not putting Garden, Garden as a B-side. Garden, no, that's that was, a perfect B-side. It's a B-side for Here Comes yeah. the Sun. Okay, yeah, okay. But, but that's where I'm going, though. Picked. So we're going with the idea that something come together was, was planned as essentially, even though we're saying that John pushed it to be the A, does that mean that John pushed it to be the green side of the apple? Because if we're still looking at come together as being a song that was going to attract airplay mm-hmm. and, and be a strong B-side, then... Okay, but if not, then why not put Octopus's Garden? Why not toss Ringo the bone and give him the B side of something? And that this rocks, is what I'm saying. That, well, like, I, that song I, rocks I'm a lot. hearing right. We would have to have been in the meetings to right. because both of them are so strong. Obviously, right. Maybe they just didn't think there would be a second single at that point. And and again, the, um, the main reason why I'm bringing this up is because it wasn't an advance because it wasn't a single that was. It was created as a single. It wasn't a stopgap. It wasn't okay. a, you know, the album was already finished right. and you pulled two tracks from the album. Okay. What are you going to release as an advanced single at that time, not from the album? 
Well, weren't. You didn't have anything. There was, was nothing in the was can. Released, That's what I mean. No, I know, but well, well, it, was, it saying, actually right. was released a couple of weeks before the. No, we know Abby it was released before, but it was but, still but, taken from the album. Yeah. It wasn't like an advanced single like Penny Lane, Strawberry Fields, right. you know, where well, it was not on the album. Wait, it was it. Was, so it was still an it was still an advanced. It was single. advanced, it was an, but it, it just wasn't an exclusive single. Correct, That's really correct. what I mean. It wasn't a non-LPB. It wasn't on LP tracks, right? So what would have? And again, because it was so close, the release. The album, as we talked about again, partly in the last episode, the release of the album Abbey Road definitely stalled the potential progress. Well, because of at that point, together. people were buying albums yes. much more, and since the single was already on the album, you didn't need to spend the money again. But uh, according, but it still to went two million copies. Won two million yes. copies, so yeah. that's. It's but it was certified two million in 1996. Well, did it go two million copies in a way because of the strength of the ballad of something as? Being a song that so many people grabbed onto, including covers, including Sinatra. You know, something was another one of those songs the Beatles like yesterday that transcended generations. Yeah, and then will continue to translate generations. Because it was a ballad. Well, yeah, right. You know, have you heard rockers that transcend generations? Not really. Correct. No, not really. Yesterday transcended generations. Let it be transcended generations. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I think they only picked the one single because by then, they the knew. second single, well, the second single would have been Let It Be, and but that didn't come out until May of- or the, sec- or the second single would have been something pulled from the album again, right. the album was selling so well they well, didn't want to do it. Here's what's really funny. Listen to what I just said before and talk about, like, I'm going to go smack myself on the wrist later for having said that. Here I am saying, well, they didn't have anything in the can to release as a, as a stopgap single- they had the whole friggin' Let It Be session. Yeah, but part of it has in the can, right? But part of it has to do with the fact that Alan Klein is there now, and he says, "Hey guys, in America, we put out singles off the album, and maybe you should guys should do the same thing." And they I went suppose, along. I suppose. Couldn't, couldn't they again? I mean, I can't believe I said that before. They could have easily gone in and, and started to cannibalize the Let It Be sessions for B-sides. They could have, but they still were working on it at that time. You know? Correct. I agree with Rob. So if they're still working on it, they're not sure. Even though Get Back and Don't Let Me Down already came out and were in the movie, though Get Back is only on the album. Well, I guess that's true because any of the incarnations, of the even the Glenn Johns incarnations- Right. Yeah, which version you do were, you pick? Yeah, you, you were kind of using up anything that was really- done yeah. anything that was really completed you were so there wasn't much to cannibalize no, in terms not, of no. really finished finished tracks yeah i mean i've got a feeling maybe you know but right you know i'm not right. i'm not sure if that's a single uh, no so something it, backed oh. with i've got a feeling i've got a feeling hello that's and a, again i've got a feeling with that opening guitar yep. could be the a side there, was, there you go a nice open but i think it's funny because we look back at the Get Back, Let It Be sessions, and you're right. Why wouldn't you start cannibalizing? Right. Isn't it funny and, how, like, I, that was you know, here we are, like, so. and, right. and we all did it. I said, well, there wasn't much to really take from, and we all went, oh, yeah. But because but, but, the but Let, Let It Be, be sessions, was just a compilation, so to speak. Exactly. But where I'm going is you had that whole that whole month that looms so large right. in the Beatles' history, and with, like, all three of us collectively just kind of just went, you know, like, that never happened. Like, and uh, because, because it, we don't you think don't of it think like about that. it as recording sessions. You don't right. think about 
Well, the Beatles went in, they recorded a handful of cuts that remained in the can, and they could have gone back and grabbed one or two of those. We look at it as there was all that Michigas, and now they came back and really did a record. Oh, thank you. You know, what? Michigas. Michigas. Anyway, but. That's uh, Jewish folks. There you go. Weird coincidence. Both of the. This is talking about weird trivia. Both of the two A sides are exactly the same length of the two singles Ballad of John and Yoko and uh, um, something are both 259. Okay. Really? Are, yeah. Very bizarre. Anyway. Um, I did know that. Yeah, I found that kind of odd. You know, the uh, the Ringo songs that use the term rings and things, they're both 247. If you've got troubles, and what's the other song that uses rings and things in the I don't know lyric. I it's a Ringo know. song, but it's also two forty-seven. That's okay. Wow, I can't remember what it was. That was kind of like well, if you're bringing up timing and matching, like yeah, what the hell? That was That's... cool. That was thank thank you, Rainman. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, they mentioned the Beatles and Rainman. John commented that he thought that something was the best song on Abbey Road. So even more so now, you're pulling an A side that. One of the band members thinks you've pulled the best well, wait, track wait, off wait, wait. the album. Hang on. So, can you imagine that though? John's contributions were okay. I mean, really, they were all right. They weren't great for Abbey Road. You mean? Yeah, John is not going to give Paul the credit. So, of course, he's, what's he going to say? Ringo's <laughs> Octopus Garden is best. No, George had. Here comes the sun and freaking something. You're right. So, guess what? He, right. If he's not going to pick his own, he's not going to give Paul the do at that time because they were. Fighting, so he's going to say, you know, George is the best. Probably and piss it, Paul off no end because well, Oh Darling's a great song. Oh Darling's a great song, but it's not. It's not something. It's not something. Or here comes the sun. It really isn't. Yeah, Sinatra's well, I mean, not Paul's, covering either. Paul's right, Sinatra's contra- not covering either one. Right. Pa- Paul's contributions to Abbey Road are better than average, but they're not great. They're okay. Yeah, you know what it is? It's Paul putting pieces together, which he's very good at. Yeah, the sweet and, and making yeah. a, a whole thing. And it was something also different. The Beatles had never done that before. Here's George Martin, who's looking to get involved again. And he says, well, we can do some orchestration here. We can edit this together. And if you ever listen to the rock band stuff of oh, yeah. of the Abbey Road tracks, it's amazing that they put together this side, too, because the songs, you know, just the way they was all edited. It's a lot of it editing, which I didn't realize. You know, you think it's all recorded in one bit. but Well, it's, they it's wanted you to believe that. Yeah, but it's really a well-thought-out process of, of of the engineering and of everything at Abbey Road. It's well, just, I mean, um, you know, come on, we had George that. Martin who put together two strawberry fields. That's true. Right. So, but if you take piece by piece Abbey Road, the medley, you know, if you, if you don't like medleys, you're, you're in trouble. Because, right. Because the right. medley is so much of the album. Side two, yeah. But, but it's also the idea, too, that, again, getting back to the idea of the, of the medley, if you've got Alan Klein pushing to do a single off the album, if you have right. the fact that the Beatles have not been in the studio to do anything really in between Let It Be and this, because of all the issues that are happening. So then if you're going to do a single, you have to pull a single off yeah. the album. Unless you put Give Peace a Chance out as a Beatles record. Which you really can't. No. You know, right. But I'm just saying that John was determined, I think, that, that you know, you know, John pushed Alan Klein, all right, let's make something the A-side. You really, when you think about it, as you said, well, what other song? When you're looking at Abbey Road, you can't touch the medley. No. So you really only have potentially, what, seven tracks to pull if, as a single? If that. And you're not pulling I Want You, She's So Heavy. Could you have pulled the, the medley as a single? No. It's 15 minutes. Y- yes, you could have. You could have. It's not. It golden slumbers. It's there's not. a there's a break. Uh, okay, gra- Okay. There's a point. break. So could you could have. Could you? Once there was a way to get back homeward. I mean, it's a and, beautiful single. And and not only that, 
you know, you got both Beatles on it singing, John and Paul. Maybe, maybe Pauline Pam and stuff. No, you, oh. you're at the first half of the medley. Well, that's what I mean. Can you can you release so the you first wanna, half of the medley? Not no. to be funny, you, no. you could have put the med you could have put the medley out as an A and a B. If they wanted to, <laughs> you could have you easily put the medley right. out as an A and B. That would be an interesting thing. Mean Mr. Mutt. There's a single. Yeah, that's true. There's an there's an A side. It ends with Tuesday's on the phone with me. Yeah. And then you oh, flip yeah. it over. And you flip it over and it starts Golden Slumbers. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah I agree. I mean, you know, but yeah, again, that would be something John's head would have exploded. Yes, it would have. But also, you got to remember when the single came out, John had already told the other guys yeah, he's and, and Alan Klein he's, he's leaving. leaving. So, you, know. you think John didn't give a crap? Correct. I, I, I think I, John didn't give a crap all of 1969. I think they basically said, so let's give John come together. But it's also the... the it's if the you, logical it's, choice. It's, it's, it's logical. It's very and and also ta- tossing out John's idea that you don't worry about what goes on the singles. The album's what matters. Would he have cared if they decided, if somebody said, let's put the medley See, out? See, as much as I, I think I that's know. true, I think John, you know, he talked about it in the 80 interviews. He talked about how, you know, he had the early A-sides, and then Paul came along because he got turned into Fat Elvis, as he likes to say. And then, then John meets Yoko, and he rediscovers his fire. And I think John liked the A side. You know, I, th- I think is that was part of you know that little competition between him and Paul. Right. And I think right. I think that was just part of it. And he talked about it. And he's right. You know, he he did have the A sides for a lot of the early songs. Right. The interesting thing about something, and here it is, the one of the most important songs that George ever wrote, arguably. And uh, he was going to give it away. He demoed yeah. it with the possibility of it going first to Jackie Lomax. Yep. Which would have been, I think, interesting, but not very effective. I don't think Jackie would have had the voice for it. And then um, with George Harrison, Joe Cocker recorded a demo of something at Apple Studios before he put out his official version of yeah. something. George is on the demo? With George is on a, on a demo with Joe Cocker. Okay. There had always That's been talk. Been released, right? No, okay. there had always been talk that that demo form the backing track of Joe's released version. And but Mark Lewison, after going through the vault, said no. Yeah, no. Well, Joe Cocker, so, I've read interviews with Joe, and he's said that also. And it actually came out about the same time. They as, did. Yeah, because yes. I don't know if they waited on purpose or just by timing. And isn't uh, it interesting how that a non-Apple artist, the Joe Cocker, ended up essentially with, with mm. scoops of, of two songs on Abbey Road from two different composers. Yeah. Like, you know, we always talk about how much the Beatles revered Harry Nelson. Yeah. Right. Man, Joe Cocker really it must got have been the props. a case of right time, right place, right I time. Think, I think you're right. I think he... Uh, right place, right well, time. It's, I'm it's sure they, not to take away from... I mean, Joe Cocker is, is was an incredible talent. But he incredible. wasn't the Joe Cocker prior to some of these songs. I'm not saying these songs made him at all. They didn't. No, but, with a little help. Did With a little make help, him, make him, yes, it made him. But he really wasn't quote the Joe Cocker we all know and love in 1967. He wasn't. No, but he became but, himself right after With a Little Help. And well, then, but I don't think the Beatles. With the Woodstock started. appearance. But anyway, well, but the, the movies uh, August 15th and 16th and 17th. Right. His album came out in October. So right. What if he right. been recording those songs at that point? Well, live? she came in through the bathroom window. Was a single when she came in through the bathroom window. Definitely predated. Uh, yes, it did, but not by much, I think. I think 
Yeah, and actually, you know what? Having just looked at Joe Cocker's set from Woodstock, it's funny. He does the song Something to Say and Something's Coming On. And that's something. And I think, no, but I think having read this set a number right. of years back, I think I thought I, I think I thought, I think I remembered him having done something, but he right. did not. <laughs> he didn't do something. He didn't do something. He did, he did do something a bunch else. other yeah. things, but he didn't do something. Okay. But anyway, George's quote about it was, I had written something on the piano during the recording of the White Album. There was a period during that album we were all in different studios doing different things, trying to get it finished, and I used to take some time out, and I went into an empty studio and wrote something. So, this song had been floating around for a little bit. Right. right. Um, you know, what if what if something had ended up on the White Album? Could you wow. imagine what a powerhouse that would have made George's I don't, I don't think it would have been as produced. I think it might have been a, a little... That's interesting. Totally agreed. A little less... A lot uh, more sparse, like While My Guitar Acoustic. Yeah. Like maybe, the demo. That might, that, that might, the demo might have been the, the released version. Well, not, maybe not, a little more produced than that. Yeah, but, but not by much. Well, well, the acoustic demo for While My Guitar turned out to be a pretty well-produced... So I guarantee it would have been different if it was yeah, on the White Album. I think so. But then again, Beatle history is also rewritten because if something is not on Abbey Road, is George's prolific? Because the White Album had so much material, but if something's not on there and then one of the other Beatles had it on there, then is George's prolific because he just says, here comes the sun? Right. Yeah. And it's not just that, but it's also, would something have then gotten, quote, lost? In the double album. In the double album of then the White again, Album. Then again, maybe they, he decides, let's do All Things Must Pass, which they tried during the Get Back sessions and... Didn't really do Someone's got to do a Back to the Future part one, two, and three, but Beatles style. <laughs> you know, except not starring, you know, Michael J. Fox. <laughs> well, the funny thing about something is, is there's a tape of John helping George with the lyrics. And he's like, George, yes. this story thing, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. it goes something in the way she moves, tracks no, me like a pomegranate. A pomegranate. Well, first he first says, he like, it. tracks me like a cauliflower. That's it. That's and then he yeah, says and then, pomegranate. And then George says, I don't know, do we want to leave? Should I leave that? He says, you can make it like a pomegranate. pomegranate. And, 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 but John was very encouraging about it, about how, to, how a song gets written. Maybe that's the way John wrote it. You know, well, how wrote, wrote just different written, songs. Here come old flat top. He come grooving up slowly. He got juju eyeball. He want. I mean, you know, and John was the one that encouraged Paul to leave in the movement you need is on your shoulder. So, which I think is very important. It is, song. but at the same time, what the hell does it mean? So it means the movement is on your shoulder. I know, but 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 it's you know something. <laughs> could, you, I mean, come on. could you imagine like Frank Sinatra? Something in the way she moves attracts me like a, a cauliflower. <laughs> Look, I mean, really, or a pomegranate. Yeah, I mean. It sorry Jack. wouldn't have flown really. No, but it would know. be a, it would be a standard then. It would be a something else. You know, it would be, it would be something else, right? Be, it it would basically and not be, someplace else. It no. would basically be a wow. Uh -huh. Listen to that uh -huh. really I got it. Listen to that really great George Harrison song that was ruined by the Swedish lyric. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but no, it's a good point. It's it's how you know as a writer, when do you go back and then change the lyric that you started out with and you sort of has yeah. placemat also had such an incredible life afterwards with the covers. I mean, would the song have been found for all those covers had it not been a single and had it simply been an album track? Would Shirley Bassey have grabbed onto it? Would, a couple of years later, uh, Ray Charles did it in 71? And in fact, George at one point said that he wrote the song for Ray Charles, well, he wanted which it was to be like a Ray Charles, a Ray Charles type thing, yeah. which, you know, I guess I can see that. If you're going to have Joe Cocker do it, then Ray I, Charles know, is not a stretch. It's sort of like yesterday. If yesterday wasn't released as a single, do people find out about it? Matt Monroe, don't forget, picked it up 
in the UK, and it wasn't a single in the UK. It was just an album track in the UK. Right, right. Hmm. So Matt but, Monroe grabbed it from yeah, there. He, did he have a big hit with it? I don't Didn't know. he? I, don't I thought know. he did. But it's Matt. Well, Matt Monroe was popular back then, so I yeah. can't knock him. He had the big hit with Michelle, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. My, I, I, th- I think the single, any single, is always brings more attention because it gets more airplay if it's a hit. Certain radio stations play it only because it was a hit. I, I, you know, I think people find out more that it's available or a song to record. A standard to record, if you really want to look at it, it's the way yesterday became right. this this super standard because it is a hit and, and well, twenty five hundred compared to one hundred and eighty is a, is a big true, difference. But, I mean, but you know. yesterday also is proof. But and you think about four years later, it's a, such a huge jump. But yesterday is also proof that oh, like an artist like a a standards artist will say can record a rock and roll song, even though really it's not a rock and roll song. But you can record yesterday. Oh, we we covered the kids, you know. You're right. You know, right. So the kids' the new kid. music, you know. <laughs> they're not covering satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, Pat Boone might have. Tra- anyway, also, I mean, this was George's first A side, obviously, and it was also his first, well, his first K or US A side. He had Roll Over Beethoven right. in Canada, yeah, which you mentioned uh, later. But, A-side, yeah, yeah, but it went to number four in the UK. It topped the Billboard charts for a week here in the States. And again, you know, you brought up a good point, Mitch. Did the inclusion on the album Absolutely. possibly, yeah, I, I think in a way it, well, it certainly again, took away from the single sales. It wasn't like I, I, in the early days. Yes only no. be, Well, and it wasn't like the early days where uh, the Beatles really, I, I Want to Hold Your Hand was on Meet the Beatles. Right. You're right. But there was such a clamoring for anything Beatles, so everybody ate anything up that you put out. That's true. In the later years, people were less inclined to buy the singles because they were album tracks. So I definitely think it hurt. My defense of not affecting the singles as much, first of all, it was on the charts for 16 weeks. Second longest charting single in the Beatles history. Hey Jude, Revolution was 19 weeks. This was 16. So you got that. Second of all, so the longevity was there, just, right? Yeah, just, just the, not at just the top, the, the and it also sold two million copies. Now, mind you, it's it's over many years, and God knows record companies don't always count properly; they no. can't count. Yeah, because because Meet the Beatles has sold five million to date. Yeah, well, that's that's a load of. It crap. sold two million the first week, so that yeah. means in the last fifty years, it sold and it's another, another three, million. three million out of the back of somebody's trunk. Yeah, anyway, well, well, yeah. We well, that's part anyway. of it. Correct. So right. I I think that is part of it. Um, that. And it sold two million over the years, and like I said, they don't count. But at the same time, did it? I don't know. I, but two million over the years. Hear me out. Nineteen ninety six, it, it was certified for two million. Right. That doesn't mean it took that long. No, it just no. Just means it was certified. Right. Yeah. But compare that to Can't Buy Me Love, which had advanced orders of two million. Right. So you know. Right. In that regard, right. maybe it did hurt. Uh, you know. So I, I don't know. We're never going to know. No. We talked a little bit in the last show about sort of the perception that the other Beatles had of George's songwriting and George's, you know, contributions. Here's a funny quote from McCartney in Anthology. So I thought it was George's greatest track with Here Comes the Sun and While My Guitar Gently Weeps. They were probably his best three. Until then, he'd only done one or two songs per album. 
I don't think he was he, only allowed one or two. Right. Songs. Well, he but but also but he also here's said what makes that, me laugh. Yeah, go ahead. He, he also really, if you break out the White Album as two albums and you look at Abbey Road as an album, he still only had two, two songs, songs per, per album. Yeah. So guess what, Paul? What the hell are you talking about? You know, until then he had only done one or two songs per album. I don't think he thought of himself very much as a songwriter. And here it gets, you know, a little more honest. Well, because he wasn't encouraged. Of course. And John and I obviously would dominate, again, not really meaning to, but we were Lennon and McCartney. So when an album Wait, wait, wait. Not meaning to, but we were Lennon and McCartney. Right. (laughs) Come on. Right. And- and But it's true. So when an album comes (laughs) up- Agreed, but it sounds weird saying- Yeah, well, it's something else. So when an album comes up, Lennon and McCartney go and write some stuff, and maybe it wasn't easy for him to get into that wedge. But he finally came up with something and a couple of songs that were great, and I think everyone was very pleased for him. There was no jealousy. In fact, I think Frank Sinatra used to introduce something as his favorite Lennon-McCartney song. Thanks, Frank. But you know what? So, I've seen a couple of videos of, of Sinatra, and he mentions George Harrison. I think he mentioned yes. it a few times, yeah. like at one point, and then he either someone corrected him or maybe mentioned, hey, Frank. It was, it was an anonymous call at I, midnight from George Harrison. Look at it, idiot. I wrote it. But, one, but one, thing, <laughs> one thing about Sinatra, he, he always mentioned the songwriters. So he was yes. very to him. It was very important to mention the song. This is a great song written by Sammy Kahn called "Something Baby." No, and sorry. Jimmy Van, Jimmy Jack. Van Usen, you know. So I think that was part of it. Um, I also think that George, as a songwriter, you know, he didn't have the Lennon McCartney thing. He didn't go to Ringo and say, "Let's write some songs," or he didn't go to other people and write songs. He did later on, but not not then. And I think we all know George writes a little bit slower than the other two. Because, yeah. you know, if you think about, yeah. like, guitar solos, when he wrote a really good guitar solo, it was very memorable. But a lot of times, there wasn't a guitar solo because they didn't have the time. And he, he would sit and, okay, I, I, I can take this chord and then make something out of it that most people wouldn't do. Yeah. And he did that a yeah. lot. Yeah. But, you know, when the Beatles are recording so many songs in a day, he doesn't have the time to come up with these original solos. So sometimes it would be like they would match like the the notes of the melody or yeah, maybe add yeah. a little fill in there too. But I th- I think that was part of it. He you know just he had no one to work with and the way Lennon McCarty, well, oh come on John, let's write today. Okay, Paul, I'm going to write today. Well, I already wrote some stuff, but I didn't finish it. Oh, let's finish it. Yeah, something like do you, that. Do you think it made George, in a way, a more meticulous songwriter? In other words, yes. Whereas, yes. right, whereas John and Paul would come in with half finished sketches. Right. And say maybe but maybe they could George finish it off with, with each other, and George never had that person but, to help finish him off. They never, why not? Never, or never perceived to have, never perceived. Think to have. About so in a way, maybe maybe with all due respect to him, maybe that was George's. That's on George. That but you got to put that was, on his yes, on George. But maybe he was so but, but, bombarded but, but, with the Lennon McCartney thing, he didn't feel comfortable and also, saying to John, "Hey, what do you think?" And also, maybe he also took his responsibility, quote unquote, as a lead guitarist, very seriously as well. Well, we know he did that. Yeah. So the idea being that you know what, I'm going to take this song that they're putting together, and I'm going to listen through while they're assembling well, it think, and start to get the lead together. Think in about my head. the twelve hours he spent doing the. Meticulous backward guitars for I'm Only Sleeping. Right. Yeah, but I mean that's you know right. think that's about dedication. that is dedication. And plus he he made something out of something that was it. He just could have played the solo and they just reversed the tape. Right. No, he he listened to it and said, okay, let's play it backwards. Okay, if I play it like this, it's going to sound even weirder. 
Yeah. And, and but melodic at the same time because that's what George did. Yeah. George so I, I think take, that was part of it. But he would take the time to do that. Yeah. Can you picture John and Paul going home and taking the time to do that on a George One song? Of George's no. But also no. the other thing is the Beatles would do some writing in the studio, but George never did. Or I mean, John and Paul would write. You know, she's a woman's finish in the studio. Strawberry Fields Forever takes forever to get to but where jo- it became. But to George's credit, and then to say maybe that the winds of change were coming through. Let's pull back on what I was just saying and say that in 1969, George did make that attempt. George did come in with All Things Must Pass. Well, George with a did lot. come in with... Well, the, and, and it was maybe, met with nothing. Right, right. And maybe did try to finally get into that place. I mean, he brought in with, All Things Must Pass tracks. A ton of them. Yeah. And guess what? They ended up being incredible when right. he did it by himself. But the Beatles gave it a shot. They gave a few, a couple of passes each. Yeah. And they decided, oh, they will yeah, put they them in the refrigerator again. They didn't again. stick with them maybe the way they would stick with a Paul song. Correct. Like, like right. Obla Di Obla Da. Or, or something like well, that. Because but, you're right, but the Get Back sessions, George brings in like like you said, literally all things must pass, and they're like, oh, okay. Well, and look what inspired him. What's funny is his inspiration wasn't looking back at how the Beatles had done it in the past. It wasn't George looking and saying, you know, well, in the past, John and Paul have come in with like half-finished tunes, and we've wrapped off the studio. His inspiration was the band and Dylan. Yeah. For him to say, you know what? I'm going to bring some of my tunes in. They're not fully baked yet, but let's see what we can do. But John was fully baked. Right. But the deal was, you're right. Here he came in with all these amazing songs. But let me go one step back. They did try 160 plus takes of Not Guilty. Yeah, true. And it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, Maybe true. they were just fed up trying with his stuff after 100 something takes of well, Not Guilty. I, I always wondered was it actually literally 160 takes? Considering the opening of that song, I don't think it was. I, 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 Considering I, how complex the opening of that song, even just a... There were probably 35 breakdowns that's what yeah, I was in that right. song. Right. So, I mean, so it might have been take 160, and it might have been only four hours worth, right. instead of you know six days worth. Yeah. But it always says 100 and something takes. But then again, you know that is um, maybe something that prevented them from... From continuing. Look, from, George, we've done this for 160 from days. From saying to George... Well, it's so a little bit different than, well, different, we ran All Things Must Pass twice. and Right, and it was a different song because George had gone, quote, back to his roots as well. George had done exactly what Paul, with all that All Things Must Pass stuff, George and Paul were on the exact same page. And they still couldn't get their acts together to get that stuff going. Mm. Yeah. George came in with a bunch of songs that had roots and really could have been done simply and, and beautifully by that band. And Paul just didn't get on the bandwagon with it. George didn't have the personality, I guess, in a way. But then so, again, they did that to Paul, too, because he came in with Teddy Boy and all that, and they didn't want to deal with that either. Well, true, I think they were just all fed up. They were all fed up. But Teddy Boy was... No, I'm not. Crap, I'm not saying though. that. I mean, you can't. We can't compare Teddy Boy with all things must pass. Yeah, but, but you know, I'm not. I'm not saying you know that song in particular. Just in general, they were just fed up with everybody's stuff. Yeah, I mean, George is coming with "Let It Roll," and Paul's going, "Here you go, Eddie." 
Eddie, Eddie, you don't. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I mean, stop. Some of those, no, but it's true. I know, some but just, no, I don't mean bounced. you stop. I'm saying, <laughs> right, right. Stop. I'm saying, stop. Paul, you know, right. Paul, right. I'm but not you. Yeah. So get back oh, anyway. to the song. Yeah. Get back to, no, that's the other single. That's the one that was. But also, you show. know what? Over the years, everybody said it was written about Patty. All of a sudden, in the 90s, George says, no, it wasn't. Well, it's about God. It's about, everything was about God. No, it's not about God. It's about, it's about Patty. It's about, there's nothing but, wrong with but, saying that. Well, first of all, in the 90s, he's married to Olivia now, so he's not going to keep yeah, harping on he, Patty, she, Patty, she's, Patty. She's, well, you know what? She's Paul, be Paul never stops enough. saying it's Linda, but all right, okay, granted, Linda is gone. Different I guess story, it's different. Right. But still, you know. No, but Olivia is a strong enough person to say, well, yeah, of course it was about Patty because they were married. Right, you right. Know? But then George, you know, everything, even when he does something like Life Itself, is it about a woman? No, it's about God. Everything's, it's about, everything's about God. God. It's all, Oprah and Shoe, it's well, about God. Well, George said that if you are see the beauty of a, of a woman or a person, then you're seeing the God in them. So that's why he always equated it to that. Oh, right. okay. and I. And I get it. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but no, that's I important know. with the song. Yes, because of course. It's supposed to be attracts me like no other lover, right, you know. Right. And it's a very confident song. Yes, absolutely. Uh, meaning it's not a confused song of love. Very it, straightforward. It is. Well, I, th- and I always the, thought the middle. I've said this before. I always thought the middle was sort of a you know. There's a confident verses, but the middle eight part is less than confident. This is the song, by the way, that John was on piano. And it was originally eight minutes with a big coda. And yes, and that coda saw, and it became got remember. That coda became remember. Right. Became John Lennon's remember. Yes. Yeah. And there's the, that that take certainly exists. You can find that in many many places. The the seven plus minute something, yeah. which to me actually I think was really just a jam. I don't think anybody ever intended that to be really agree, be the coda but, of something. But interesting that no, but it's just very interesting how the Beatles jammed, which was. Never not, done. Not great. They didn't. They it's weren't not. A, they weren't, they weren't a, a good jam. They were not a jam band at all. But isn't it interesting that the tape kept rolling for like another three and a half minutes? And they filled it. And they filled it. And then that ended up being "Remember," which George plays on. Right. Mm. No, George doesn't play on "Remember." Ringo plays on "Remember." Correct. Plastic on a pen. Which Ringo plays on. Anyway, so um, we are going to take a quick break, and we're going to come together again when the break is over and uh, watch at you. Look, don't put, put away those eyeballs that you're looking at me funny. Anyway, we're going to be back uh, in just a moment on Fab Four Free For All. We're talking about the single something back with Come Together. Hi, folks. This is Tony from Fab Four Free For All. As Mitch has mentioned several times, the cast of Fab Four Free For All do not profit in any way doing these shows for all of you. In fact, we actually lose money because of studio time and other production expenses. Now, we have looked into show sponsors, but for a number of reasons, we've decided it would be in the best interest of all of us, including you, our listeners, not to have sponsored ads in our shows. So, what we've done is set up a Patreon account. Patreon is a crowdfunding platform that allows artists to obtain funding from patrons on a recurring basis. Now, it can be as little or as much as you think you can send to us for the work that we put into providing quality Fab Four free-for-all shows. Now, we know that we have thousands of worldwide listeners, and if each of you just contributed a dollar a month, that's just 25 cents per episode, we would have enough to retire and not have to do these shows. (laughs) Sorry. Seriously, though, we've gotten some great feedback from everyone about how much these shows mean to you, and we feel the same way. But it would be nice if we could break even in terms of costs so that we can continue to bring these shows to you 
in a timely fashion. Yeah, I know, we can be delayed every once in a while, but that's because, as John Lennon so beautifully said, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. But we do vow to make every effort to have a quality show to you every week. We only ask that everyone go and visit Patreon.com to at least check out what it's all about and to see if you can contribute a little something in return for all the hard work and effort that we put into these shows for you. Just do a search for Fab Four Free For All and tell us that you give a buck about what we do. Thanks to all of you for being such great loyal listeners. And we are back on Fab Four Free For All and we're talking about the Beatles single something back with come together it's the second of two in a row beatles 45 releases that do not feature composition or lead vocals by paul mccartney <laughs> so <laughs> michael jackson suddenly showed up in the room and, uh, he's, gonna, wow. he's, he's ready yeah. to buy the little songwriting <laughs> right i need more songs paul i want to nice. buy them very um, nice i do want to add one more thing about something like yes. you know i'm going to do the colombo thing yeah. but oh Bob i'm going to do one too i gotta, uh, I gotta mention we're all hey, what am i going to say well no. you just say uh, yeah. do something from mcmillan in life i don't know i'm george shook <laughs> thank you holmes and wow. yo-yo you're the yo-yo i prefer to be the painless pole um george evidently didn't automatically record the song because just like yesterday, he thought he stole the, the melody and he didn't do it for a while. He figured it came too quickly, so he thought it was stolen and very much like yesterday. Right. Uh, but then when right. he figured out it wasn't, he, he then well, started recording it. You know, he had to have heard uh, something in the way she moves. No, no. He did the opening did, line from he James said, Taylor. He, he said he, blatantly he that, that yeah. he stole that from, you right. know. That, yeah, he nicked it from the opening line. Absolutely, he, and that, he was going to originally call it something in the way she moved, but you can't because that's what. Right, but a, an Apple artist, <laughs> but Only he began writing it during the White Album, and and again he didn't do it that quickly. Only because he really thought it was like not a dream thing, but he thought it, it just came too quickly to him, and it yeah. was such a good yeah. uh, melody. He thought it must have been stolen. Kind of cool. And I also have to add, there's there's a comment from George Martin which still makes my head spin. It says. Something was George's first single, released in October. It was a great song, and frankly, I was surprised that George had it in him. Oh, nice. Oh, my God. You can't even just give the guy, just toss the guy a bone no. without well, that was pulling part back of, on That it? was part of it, too. George Martin looked at Lennon McCartney as the songwriting team. The money makers. The guys who, who made George Martin, who George Martin is, and George him. is there. You know, George Harrison's there. He's, he's writing good songs, but he's not writing now, Lennon McCartney songs. Now, let me ask you this. For all of his ability as a as a producer, which was obviously incredible, does this mean that George hasn't quite moved along into the world of, of albums just yet? No, and it's no. still the, if you're not making the hit single, then what are you? But George's stuff... Was never the single, so that's this a, why I'm saying. In other words, now George got an A side. Yes. So but, now all of a sudden, George Martin looks at it and says, "Oh, now he's doing good writing." And, and I find I find it very well, well because it's said a, that too. well only because it's a single. Because I, it's a single. I know, but you know what? I need you. Think for yourself. Um, if I needed someone, they could have all been singles, but they weren't because John and Paul had such powerful stuff coming out. Right. But right. I'm sorry, I, I fault George Martin for this, because maybe he's the one that held George back just as much as John and Paul. Look, look at how much influence a lot of people, a lot of people say, if I needed someone had on them. Well, forget about even you that. Know. The songs were good, and it, he could have at least acknowledged, 
although he was writing good songs in the past, this was the first single worthy one. Yes, and that's fine. And and then yeah. I would have said, okay, it, it's a little softer. But I'm surprised but he, put this he had it in him. Well, wow, look well, at that. Well, yeah. you know, he ha- don't bother me for, for all its sophomoreishness, if that's a word, was just as good as anything on Meet the Beatles or With the Beatles. You bet, just as good. And it was just quickly... Written. When I was a kid, what the heck did I know that George didn't write as much as John and Paul did? Jo- Here were these all these great songs on that album, and to me, Don't Bother Me was one of my favorite songs. Me on, too. On me so Beatles. I I, do, I think it's a little disingenuous of George Martin to put him down like that and say, yeah. you know, hey, um, it, I'm, I'm surprised I he had it I don't in think him. he, he meant it in, him. in a mean way. Well, I think he meant it no, in well, a... Well, how else do you take There's that? a certain respect that now he has for George because... You know, but, but then maybe, you, you but you didn't have to say I'm surprised he had it in him. Yeah, well, right, exactly. Wow, you know he was a good guitarist. Well, sometimes he had I'm problems with titles. In. Maybe that's influence oh, in there. Uh, who knows? But um, all right. So we're flipping the single over. Hold on. What, what, that's what it sounded like when well, you dropped it over. Da- it drops down. I put like it a on bad the, sound I put it on the thing tape? and it, it dropped off the automatic oh, turntable okay. and landed down. And now the needle didn't get quite all the way there. And I went. Wow, how funny that you just said line. the needle in regard to come together. Oh, shoot oh, me. What a bizarre opening that is. No one knew about. it said shoot me, though. True. I didn't. True. It just heard, I just heard. That just sounded like it was a nice sound effect. Right, you like heard Bobby it on the radio. Yeah. Bobby McFerrin yeah. did that with Robin Williams. Come together for the In My Life tribute, and it was a It wasn't shoot me. Right, right. So we're looking at Come Together, and um, it's a, kind of a steal from Chuck Berry that, that got Not them that into some of, deep... But he had know, to pay money. No, yeah, but you was, know what? He stole much more with Run For Your Life. Yeah, well, be um, true. And, and if it wasn't for Morris Levy running Chuck Berry's catalog, most likely they would have let it go. He, uh, John said you it think best. so? Yeah, John said it best. If he'd said, I, here comes old Ironhead. Had no. he said that, but right. he didn't. He, no, he, stole, he stole a right lyric. He here come the lyric. Old, and, he, and he didn't steal, oh, you know, baby, I love you so much. I mean, that would have been like, all right, that's generic. <laughs> here come old flat top. He it's comes exactly moving up right. slowly. Okay. Well, but, well Chuck mean, says he comes moving on up or whatever yeah, he says. It's he actually, here comes old flat top is the only pure line that John stole. Correct. Right. Okay. So, but still. But, it, that, but, but to me, and, and the melody's not the same either. That you can't catch me. Yeah, that is you can't catch me. But here come old flat top, he come grooving up. Sl- it's exactly the same. Uh, let's put it this way. If I was voting in, in a jury, I, yeah. I say John gets away with it. Well, here's really? the thing, though. Yeah. John, John has to pay $7,000, and then he gets awarded $85,000 because of Marge Levy's right. Roots album. You know? Right. So, so, who won there? Who, I was going to say, who won there? <laughs> well, That's John, like George John, John also had to record or yeah, agree three to songs, agree yeah. Morris Levy, too. But, yeah. but, but they then, stayed friends, apparently, to the whole, oh, the whole Morris, thing. But John, lo- John loved those tough New York the, guys. The shysters. The shysters like Alan Klein. Yeah. But Harrison, then, also with My Sweet Lord. Yeah. yeah, he has to pay, and then he gets ownership of He's So Fine. Too so funny. Which she had to sue Alan Klein to get to because get, Alan right. bought the company that had the bright songs, and and then the judge says, "Hold it! You were just on one side. Now you're on the other. That yeah, doesn't well, work." Well, figure uh, it Alan out. Klein. I mean, you know. Um, then we need to say more. So <laughs> the song "Come Together" it had its roots during the Let It Be sessions. 
uh, the tail end of, of the song Watching Rainbows, which there's a whole bunch of versions of, yeah. John starts doing the shoot me section. Oh, and yeah. that's repeated over and over. Yeah, shoot me. Dun, 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 dun. Like he's okay. playing that chord progression. But again, if this had been the the A side, did it matter? Which one was the A and which was the B? If this had been the A, would the song have charted? Would, would the single have charted as highly? Do you think? Without the standard? With this, which is essentially a very FM sounding song, very if you FM. think about it. Yes. Very I think, FM. I think it was of its time. And I think at that yes. time, 1969, with the rock and roll, really rock, more jam rock, but still, this was, what, four minutes long? Yeah. Long for a Beatles single. I know Hey Jude was seven, but right. that was different. Honestly, think that it would have done just as well. I think it was bolstered by the fact that it had an awesome ballad on the B side right. or A side, right. whatever you want to say. On the other side, it's, uh, it's not really A B, really. But I honestly think it would have done well either way. Have any of you guys, or did any of you guys have a chance to, which I did not, so I'm going to say that in the interest of full disclosure here. Did we look to see what type of airplay this song got on the AM stations? No. On the AM listings? No. Because I. I have to be honest, I can't see this song and don't remember this song as a youth being a strong AM song. I, I You know what? I, the ABC chart would be the best place to look it up. But one thing about this song is it's gone back and forth based on, okay, Billboard is, has both at number one, but really it depends. Out of all the charting singles of the Beatles... This right. is the one that Billboard has problems with, which song is number one. Is it both number one? Is it not both number one? Is it number three and number one? Right. You know, and then they stopped rating B-sides. So it's funny to say where the airplay came from and that where Billboard would have gotten that for their charts. Right. So that's, right. that's the other side of the coin. You know, one thing about the Beatles and the whole 60s, and this happened with other artists in the 60s, but that B-side a lot of times charted. And it was a high chart, so it wasn't like, you know, it was at number 80 or something. And I think when Billboard took that away, it, it sort of took away from the influence of Top 40 in, in many ways. I mean, it's a little off topic, but it, no, it, but, it, but it plays but to it this. But it plays to this, right. So, and interestingly enough, this is bizarre. Music Radio 77 WABC, there's comments here from 1969, number 41, uh, you know, uh, number 41 is something. And someone commented in the WABC archive from at the time, if it weren't for having come together on the A side of this record, this song would have been a bigger hit. And George's talents as a songwriter would have been fully realized much that's sooner. A, that's a very good observation. But was come together the A side? Well, that, this that's is what thing. I mean. You know, that's the thing. You know, it, this has gone back and forth in the billboard. Well, they books. flipped it because yeah. if it was the A side, if something was the A side and people were flipping it to come together, that's hurting something. Right. So right. maybe if they stuck on Octopus's Garden on the back of this instead of come together, it does really well. If, not that it didn't do well. Right. That, the focus would have been solely on something. Correct. Well, that's a good, very, very good point. Right. But but again, why is it saying when you look at the single, which I'm doing right now, the green apple is something. It is. It, so it, that's was, it so, was the A side. So, right. So here is a radio station poll from the time commenting about but come they together. Must have, they flipped it. Right. 
because right. because it was more rock accessible to the masses. No, but but he's saying together. but I he's know what saying, he's saying. come together brought the single brought down. down. No, he's saying it brought the A side down for George because it was such a strong B side. Yeah, very interesting. And they, also, if like I said in, in in the other show, by accident, he was printed as "Come Together" the A side in Canada. So if you can find the Canadian single, you do see the full apple for "Come Together." Only in Canada. Interesting. If you, if you Google yeah. it, the images, yeah. you'll see it. It's it's it goes for like fifty bucks because it, they didn't print a lot of them. I just find it really intriguing. And here it is now. Now I'm looking at a WABC radio list of top songs of all time. There's something but come not, together. Is not even not even an afterthought. Right. It was the A side, and it's it, not even but, close. But again, you're saying from later on. Later, yeah, from yeah. later on, something became the standard. Is Come Together a standard? No. I'm stunned that Come Together, even at the time, got the type of exposure that it did. I think had the first jock figured out that he was saying, shoot me. It would have been done. It would have been done. Yeah. It would have been, been done. Banned. Had any jock would have figured out that he was saying the word shoot me when they knew that shooting heroin was the phrase of the time. Yeah, but does come together, get more airplay on the FM stations because someone picked up that saying shoot me. You're right. <laughs> mm, You're right. Another, that's You're right. Something else to think about. Yeah, now there's, right. Yeah, we're, we're the ghost of Pete Fornatel, please come visit. <laughs> really? <laughs> Jeez. It's true. Well, I knew he said shoot me because I'm a musicologist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's interesting because um, we hear the take one of come together on on anthology three, and uh, again in anthology you hear John from a sixty nine interview saying come together changed at the sessions. We said let's slow it down, let's do this to it, let's do that to it, and it ended up however it came out. I just look, I've got no arrangement for you, but you know how I want it, and I think that's partly because we had played together a long time. So I said give me something funky, and set up a beat. And this is back to that idea, too, that these two singles, as much as it's just, quote, you know, the George and John dominated, no Paul, no Ringo. Well, these are banned statements. Yeah, I agree. Really That's why we said they were all present. Yeah. 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 I mean, as you very eloquently said, especially Ringo. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the lawsuit a little bit, because that's a kind of quick thing, but, but an important thing. It resulted in John really going in and... Getting the start on the 1975 rock and roll album. He agreed to record three songs right. of Morris Levy's on his next album. And what do you do? Randomly put together a list of brand new John Lennon compositions and have three old Marvis, you know, Morris Levy owned tunes on there? You know. Well, I think John was was preparing for that anyway. And you know, that time there was a bunch of artists doing oldies right. as releases. Right. And I think he was going on that thing. Plus, John was at a different point in his life where maybe he didn't want to write because you know, you want to maybe step back. You know, there's a lot of things going on in his life. Right, right. It was, it's easier to record songs you don't have to write. Right, and, right. And, 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 well, no, it is. You know, you don't just come in and sing. Of course, it ends up being but a whole thing. But you also don't have interest as much. Well, which the, John didn't clearly. Well, there's some songs he did because. Yes, uh, some. The songs he produced work much better than the crap that he did with Spectre. Because everything Spectre's slow. Yes. And where John was... Dirge-like. Yeah, and, and when he was producing himself, when she did after the Walls and Bridges album, it works out a lot better because the songs are more rock and roll. Right. And they're not, right. as you said, dirges. You know, my question's always been, and I've never seen this, maybe you guys have come across it, it's a Lennon-McCartney song. 
Yes. Why Why didn't Mr. Levy include Paul McCartney in the... I, I think that has much to do with the Playboy interview where John touts, I wrote that. He, he says but, it a but, couple but of times. He, does. he says it to David Wig. But He does. Well, Wig, but still it's a Lennon-McCartney song. And The only thing I can think of is that Morris Levy knew the Eastmans were tough lawyers and maybe would have said... We're going to fight you on it right away. Or you want to know something? That's the only thing I can think maybe, of. Maybe, who knows? They're Again, both- it's all speculation. Maybe there was a touch of, you know what? My old mate and I are in enough I'll knee take deep hit. in crap because together. Paul, I'll take I the I wrote hit. that line. Because, right. because Paul wrote Paul the bass line, line and the piano part. But, sure he did, but he didn't write the lyrics. The lyric. No, Correct. but you know, that, and I know he's being sued for the lyric. Right. Right, but it says so. Lennon and McCartney. It's not like you know. No, you're Music right. and lyrics are separate on on anything. So, but there's other controversies that's my with only this quantum. song. Yes, I mean the other controversies. First of all, that. all right. First of all, the piano. Paul thought the whole piano link. John leaned over his shoulder, watched him do it, and did it himself. So Paul's not even doing the. Uh, the uh, organ on that on right. the, on the track. John did right. it all himself, even right. though Paul thought it up. And John, I was was on the impression that Paul was very proud of the fact that John came up to him and said, "That's a great solo," and did it himself. Okay, I've never. Where did I not read this? Uh, right, well, you're such a so no, but I'm just saying. So in the in the credits to the, the, Lennon gets that organ. It, Lennon's playing organ. <laughs> in the credits, Lennon gets Lennon his organ. Gets his organ. No, yeah. really, no, but I mean in in the credits, so it's Lennon on organ. I believe that, so. In that break. Yes, yes, yes. Also, the background vocals. Everybody said it's John himself. Or what yeah, was it? Yeah. Was it Emmerich? No, nope, Emmerich said it's definitely not. You can hear it very no, clearly. No, Emmerich, I believe, said it is. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah. and it's very clearly you can hear it, especially Paul. in the love version. It's Paul. I told you, I've um, said this so many times on the yeah. show when I went to the show yeah. and they have the speakers in the seats and it's back and forth. You know, you get the back speakers yeah. doing the background vocals and Paul singing. And also, too, you it, think he's right behind you and it's definitely Paul. And also, too, if we can remind I've never everyone. never doubted it was, wasn't Paul. I know it's, it seems like it's years ago and everyone's forgotten all about it. Go and find the rock band mixes of both of these. Oh, yeah. Something and come together. Because something, it'll just blow your mind when you hear some of the, the rock band versions of that. Yep. Versions? Versions. And, uh, so, but, but come together also. This come together a, also. Yeah, yeah very, very cool. So John um, is the electric piano. There you go. Paul okay. is backing vocal and bass. All right. Uh, I never heard that. But See, like Emmerich, that, but Emmerich stated but, that McCartney did not sing on the choruses, and, and he said... Initially, Paul played the electric piano part, but John looked over his shoulder and studied what he was playing. When it came to record it, John played the whole thing instead of Paul. And Paul might have been miffed. I think he was more upset about not singing. I, I got to tell you something. I don't know any of his stuff to be true. Right. I, I hate this. I, I hate I to be such a Jeff. If you're listening, I'm sorry, but I take well, most of Jeff Emmerich's comments with a grain of salt. With a grain of salt. I just have to be honest. He, and a shot of vodka. Right. <laughs> no, I mean his. You know, I don't remember anything, and then all of a sudden he remembers enough to write a book. And then just the fact being, too, that everything that can have a possible negative slant does in that book. Oh, he wasn't supportive of George. Not at all. But he also, any instance where he could. very often. Right. And any instance where he could make it look like there was friction, he He does. Well, it sells books. Yeah. So to me, your take on it of Paul going, oh, wow, John really loved that lick. And he played it. That's awesome. 
to you know, oh, he was really miffed, and that's why I, I've, I've heard two Paul different say things. that. No, he you said know, Paul might have been miffed, right? But he was very happy. Still, that he at least yeah, I Paul, Paul was you know. proud of that riff. I swore that he played that. Yeah, I, and you're probably right. No, I, he probably didn't play it, but you're probably right. He was proud, proud of it. Proud of the John, riff, and John said, "I'll take it." John said, "Hey, man, can I use it?" And Paul said, "Yeah, I don't care. You you play it." I'm taking a pee. You know, you, I'm, you I'm gonna play go it. I'm going to go do Teddy Boy near the yeah, room. Yeah, really, exactly. I mean, <laughs> they didn't care, you know. Anyway, sorry. We have... Now, what was the next thing to come from here? What's the next follow-up single? Where did we go after this? After, after something, something come, come together. together. Go to Let It Be. And then after that... Long and Road. Paul! Yay! Back on top again. Paul McCarty with two in a row home runs for Mecca, which he still does and still milks well, the, the uh, devil out of life. Well, we still, as you and I spoke about off mic, Tony, we have to do a whole show dedicated to Rob Leonard about Rob why Leonard. there wasn't a re-release of, uh, in the 70s, of Long and Winding Road and Martha My Dear. Back with there you Martha go. My I think Dear. those would have been a great <laughs> single. Yeah, so, you know, my, my favorites. <laughs> anyway, so uh, anything else we need to add about the Something Come Together 45? And the the uh, only thing I can remember about Come Together is if you watch the Love documentary, there's this very vocal scene with Yoko talking to the people at Cirque du Soleil. I forgot who the, the guy she's talking to. And she's trying to say that physically the song Come Together is not physically, even though John said a lot of the stuff he was writing about was about sex, that it wasn't as sexual as they wanted it to be. Cirque du Soleil. I'm not, right. I've never seen it, so I can't right. comment on it. But she was very adamant about it. And it was interesting, since she, obviously she was there when the song was written, that she was that adamant about it. You know, and, and she's one of the producers. so she. Yeah. And they're like, well, Yoko, you know, th- this song is this. And she's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Well, because <laughs> you know what? It's very easy for a group putting together a, a movement-based production to yeah. take Come Together and have the comments about John yeah. saying it's sexual and making it very and literal. Make, right. So, so I, I think Yoko had to nip that in the butter. That would have just it was, been. But it was a, it was not, it was nice to see this this protection, <laughs> not just that she, she runs the estate, but of the actual creative side of it. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you know we mentioned it before when Yoko said to uh, Olivia on the Larry King thing during the love thing that How's oh, jo- your husband? John uh, wanted something to be released as you know on the single, right? And right. she didn't know that. It was it was a, I thought a very touching scene, and you, you know these. People work together, obviously, and they're uh, friends. But then again, Larry King didn't know John and George were dead. Yeah, George. Well, that's, and he called yeah. Ringo. Yeah. What, what? George, yeah, something yeah. like that. And, well, he kept asking Ringo, Ringo, why do you still do work? Why do you, why do you make records? Uh, well, because old I man, you know. well, cod-faced person like you, does. Why, that's the same thing. <laughs> nice. I take Jinko um, by Loba. And man. just just to add into that, in both instances with these singles, the one that we talked about in the last show and this one, Promo films were done for the A sides, not for the B sides. Mm-hmm. A few other singles previous, previously, including Penny Lane's Strawberry but, Fields, Day Tripper, We Can Work It Out. There had been promo films, Paperback Writer Rain. There were promo films for both sides. In this instance, you have the interesting sort of clip montage video for, for Ballad of John and Yoko and the absolutely gorgeous video of something which... Interestingly enough, never shows all four Beatles. By that time, together. they weren't yeah. right. That also perpetuated the myth that it was written about Patty, according to George. Yeah, George said yeah. because they showed me with with all of our wives, everybody just assumed it was about Patty, but it wasn't. You know, that's garbage. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right. Something yeah. in the way she was. Maybe it was about Maureen. Anyway, um, Whoa. sorry. Ooh, did I say that in my out loud voice? No. Anyway, all right. So we have been talking about the single of something and come together and uh, for the fab before free for all. I'm Tony Chiguardo. 
I'm not. <laughs> I'm Rob Leonard. <laughs> I'm Mitch. And um, thanks for tuning in. If you have any comments, thoughts, feelings about the show, about any of the shows, I don't like about you. anything, I no, don't like just, you. You can reach us on uh, Facebook. You can uh, reach out to us. What's an email address to reach Fab out? Fab number four, free number four, all at aol.com. But don't write number. So it's just Fab <laughs> four, free for all. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Fab Four Free For All was edited and produced by Tony Triguardo at Word of Mouth Studios in Westbury, New York. The opening and closing theme is My Dolly by the band The Badge, featuring longtime listener Jeff Slate, available on its debut album Digital Retro and recent Best Of compilation, as well as from the Fab Four Free For All website. Thanks for listening to Fab Four Free For All. Hi, I'm Scott so here. I want to mem- keep the memory of the Beatles alive. So here's with a little luck. <laughs> go ahead. Must play the Beatles. I don't hear myself. Oh, there we go. A little bit. I hear you. Must play the Beatles. Must play the Beatles every day. Every day. Is your volume good? Uh, a little bit. Oh, there you go. Okay, there we go. Uh, Good. And, and then Maria Melito will play. Are you? How are you? Oh, um, you're loud. You're loud. All right, I well, hear you. On. You're fine with me, but how? Do, I don't hear me. I hear you. You do? I don't. I don't really hear me. Can you hear me, mm, Papa? Can you hear me? And by the way, <laughs> Betty Buckley doing memory is the best. Betty Buckley did a great. I one. love Betty Buckley. Well, I like her for majors enough. I do too. I, um, I had a major crush oh, on her. Oh, oh, one two, one, one two, one two, one two. And she's. Oh, I'm hearing Mitch. Now. Okay. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Right? I'm hearing Mitch. Okay. I hear. I hear a Mitchell voice in my, voice, my brain. Uh, my what? Huh? A Mitchell voice. That's a right. Mitchell so voice. So are we good? Can everybody yeah. hear yes. everybody? Yes, everybody is everybody. Can you put me down a little bit? I hear. You suck. You suck. You're horrible, Mitch. You're the worst. I, as soon as I said it, I was like, yeah, I wanted I was gonna it back say, I, I knew you were both going to do it. I actually just say something much worse. I know. <laughs> I was thinking you're good, the guy's going to kill me, and then oh, I'm fine. You know, if you guys set us up, you know. I set you up good. Ben. Uh, Ringo was something. No. <laughs> <laughs> the big train. I can't open it. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from Georgia, I just keep thinking the big chain. Uh, I never knew they were on drugs. Time to sold them to drugs. Sometimes they mix somebody in the canteen. How do you start that again? While he's in masking tape or duct tape. Oh, God. <laughs> Go online, people, and look no, up. No, they know the big no, train. I don't know. I'm know. starting that over. That's it. Well, this will be an outtake anyway. <laughs>